Yogurillas, welcome to the next episode of the Athlete Insider Podcast by Gornation. My name is Phil, and today we are with a really, really, really special person, with a, a really a legend, like a living legend from calisthenics, uh, with, like I just looked up, like 20 million, you, you nearly reached the 20 million views on YouTube, um, that's insane, like uh, over 250,000 followers across social medias, and uh, like the reason why this sport is at the point where it is today, in my opinion, because you inspired a lot, a lot of athletes out there, And your name already fell uh, quite some time in this podcast. Uh, may it be like in the end as, a, as the most inspi inspirational and best calisthenics event, uh, calisthenics uh, athlete. And I'm really happy to have you here, Adam Raw. Happy to have you here. Welcome. Yeah, cool. Nice to be here, man. <laughs> Thank you for inviting. And yeah, I, I don't think it's important how many views we have or followers, but I think I did my job with the game and that's most important. That's why you invited me and I hope I can answer all your important questions. <laughs> so let's true. do it. That's true. Like I looked up your small uh, description of your YouTube of your YouTube channel. The reason why you do the the the, the channel it is to inspire people. Um, that's why I yeah. say the numbers because it's for me it's a number of people you inspired. Uh, yeah, but also, yeah, you yeah. said you're, you're doing it for you. So um, yeah. really interesting. Well, to be honest, I like maybe around 2016, I stopped altogether developing my my YouTube channel. <laughs> And I actually never did. I just uploaded my training videos and I didn't focus. Like, you know, you know, now you have influencers and YouTubers who really live by that. They make it uh, basically their job and they know what to do. They have all these tricks, you know, and things, how to develop it and make more subscribers and all these things around and get sponsors. You know, I, I never cared about it. I just put up my training videos there and anything that was uh, interesting from our events and competitions and that was basically it so yeah it's very nice that it actually grew to this number but i don't think it's anything high or interesting you know it's just the dedicated people who like to see something inspirational you know from the complex bodyweight training calisthenics and weighted calisthenics so that's about it and you're doing it already like quite some time since when did you start well it? my youtube is very old man it's yeah. it's a 2006 channel yeah and so i scrolled down years. i scrolled down and i saw some parkour videos i didn't know before <laughs> yeah it's crazy man i did parkour back then you know and yeah it was crazy times i remember editing my first videos uh, on it was windows XP or something like that <laughs> in Movie Maker, you know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's interesting. And uh, like, when when did you start with the with the calisthenics uh, content? Well, basically, parkour is calisthenics, and the first video is from 2006. But I think at around 2010 or 11 starts to be really something like interesting there. And also, I have like 200 videos that I already hidden. Wow, <laughs> they are invisible yeah, because I just uh, consider them not interesting anymore and not high quality. There was one one moment uh, where I was like thinking, okay, let's make it a little bit bigger. This channel, I tried to do something. I think it was 2013 or 14, and I simply hidden all the videos that were not in like top quality, you know. 
And then after a few years, I stopped solving it all together again. And now there are all kinds of quality videos, not quality videos. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> I, I don't think, you know, I was thinking it's important uh, to develop it for the people. But then later I just found out that many of my videos that actually I recorded on a low quality camera and were not like top quality videos actually got very good uh, following and views and more importantly it helped more people than when I tried to make some videos super cool you know and top quality it's like I stopped caring because of that I think most important is content and not the quality yeah of course if you would like to be top youtuber and to have millions of views on every video you need to buy a super camera to have a super quality and do all this super editing you know but i just don't care about it anymore i try to upload good stuff the good content about training that's it okay so yeah like let's get get back to this time uh, how did you get in touch with parkour how did like the the switch to calisthenics to weighted calisthenics uh like happen for you <laughs> well man this is kind of history you know it's <laughs> It's even hard to remember everything, but I think it was just uh, by the end of uh, of the school, you know, the basic school that you have nine classes, I don't know how it's called. But by age of 14 or 15, when I went to high school, it was a boom of parkour, you know, everybody knew David Bell in those times and Yamasaki and these movies like, uh, you know, this uh, Van Luel, 13 or something like that maybe you are not familiar with that but it was really cool in those times and a lot of uh, young guys actually also around me and in the schools uh, they were like interested in it and uh, we just started to try to go to the street you know to run jump train push-ups first pull-ups basically that i did are from from this era and we were watching the movies you know and the movies were super cool they were jumping from the from the buildings you know and doing all these cool moves and it was uh, about practicing your body so calisthenics was always like the part of that and a few years later uh, you know there appeared the video of Hannibal and others from America it was a little bit later around 2008 I think or something and then it was like you know I already was uh, familiar with calisthenics with the basic movements handstands I did my first handstand at around 2004 or something like that. Wow. My first muscle up in 2006, you know, but nobody knew in those times that it's muscle up. We yeah. didn't call it muscle up. <laughs> you know, it was just, you go, you go up and that's it. It's, it's a high pull up or something like that. And yeah, so basically around the videos from New York and the golden era, I started to get more familiar with, uh, with more advanced movements, just kept trying them on the bars wherever I could and that's basically how I started but the the parkour era was really in my my school days so yeah it was very interesting and cool because of the movies and David Bell if you are familiar with him honestly no uh <laughs> yeah actually, actually that was a fireman you know who are firemen yeah yeah and he he created this discipline for other firemen to get in shape and to be able to get from the point A to point B as fast as possible yeah. to be agile, uh, agile, you know, and strong and to be able to help people 
in this uh, hard job, you know. And it was more about training than about any tricks. And then later, it uh, turned to free running and to more of a show and tricks. And it, this actually is very important to state because it's very similar to what happens to workout and calisthenic, you know. Because calisthenic also started as a conditioning discipline, yeah. And then later, when more freestyle competitions start coming plays and all these things, you know, uh, it also turned more to two ways. And one of the ways is more like a show for people, for the competition, and these dynamic moves and stuff like this. But there is always like the origins, the base. And for parkour, it is to be able to run fast, jump, you know, and do these practical movements, basically, that helps to move your body from some point to the other. And for the street workout or calisthenics, or call it whatever you want, it's the basic conditioning of the body. Yeah? So it's very, <laughs> very similar history for both of these sports, so-called. Okay, but they still, like, uh, like parkour also has a crazy development uh, where it is today. Uh, yeah, but also totally crazy, man. But, but it was exactly like uh, calisthenics, you know. It started with David Bell and this, this just a movement, just practice. And then it turned into advertisements, you know, and sponsors like Nike and others. And they started to take the um, parkourists or freerunners who did more like tricks, you know, like spins yeah. and uh, these things like, you know. And you don't need to, when you try to get as fast as possible from one point to the other, you just need to jump and know how to land. Mm -hmm. And these things, you don't need to put there some spins. Yeah. you know or tricks that was just for the show just for the videos and people and that's basically the same in my eyes at least this is just my opinion but it's the same as with the freestyle calisthenics nobody will ever go to park and train 360s just for himself or him, his life right it's not practical yeah. you do it so you can later show it on the show or on the video because it's cool but it won't make you stronger or more conditioned or whatever Muscle-ups, strict pull-ups, squats, push-ups, that's what make you conditioned. And that's what you will train even when nobody's uh, watching you, yeah? Because yeah. it's just healthy, it's good for your body. But these tricks is more for the show. And it's not a bad thing, you know? It's Everybody trains for his uh, goals and purpose. I'm just stating here that it's very similar history, actually, of these two sport, sports. We cannot the sport, but sport. And, uh, yeah, in my eyes, it's very similar. <laughs> Okay, so like, where, how do you see the, the, the evolution or the development of calisthenics in your eyes? Because uh, I think we never had a guest who has such a long history. Well, well, you know, actually, I think it finished very well. You know, there are many people bitching about it and complaining all the time. You know, I was also one of them. I was uh, making a lot of fires back then because I was at the beginning, you know. I judged very big competitions. I was judged on FIBOs. I was judged in Astana in World Championship, where I met with Hannibal and other legends. You know, we basically, uh, I was part of group who built this, this game. And uh, when I spoken with wh whoever, like Maris and other big organizers, you know, Maris is, by the way, you know him, he's organizer of Moscow competition. You know, it, at the beginnings, I was always saying, you know, One day, it will be competition for one particular body type or you will need to do uh, weight categories 
and start dividing into weighted calisthenics, strict movements like we have now at Czech Weighted Workout Battle. You know, and there will be a big, like big dividing. You cannot do it all together because the first competitions, if you remember, probably not, but I remember them. Uh, like everybody wa wanted to connect everything and do it in one day. Like they were connecting freestyles with reps, with uh, sets and reps and weighted and everything. And then it was a must that there appears leaders who will like divide it and take their fields, you know? So for example, now we have organizers who are focused into freestyle competitions and they do a very good job in that. And then we have leaders who are focused on the weighted stuff, you know, the strict reps. And it, this is very good that it happened, you know? In one way, it divided the game, that's true. But in the other way, it was a must because it would be just a mess if we wanted to keep it all together. And I think right now at this moment, we have a very good, very good state of, of game and competitions from this point of view, because you know, there are many points of view. You can, as I said, there are many people bitching up. I don't want to be one of them because I was, but when I look at from professional point of view, it's very good now because there are very good organizers of freestyle shows and competitions and very good organizers of strict weighted complete reps, you know, and these kind of things. So I think this was a must to happen. It already happened. And right now there are actually pretty solid and professional leagues of this sport, maybe weighted calisthenics league or freestyle league. And that's probably what was supposed to happen anyway. Okay. It would happen with, with us or without, I think. So it's good. And like with the Czech workout battle, you're also like doing your part uh, with uh, like organizing the, the weighted competition. Um, well, what are your goals with the Czech workout battle? Well, yeah, honestly, I think, uh, you know, honestly, I think that the Czech weighted workout battle is probably the biggest and most strict competition in the Europe right now. And also the most complex. But, you know, the problem is that in this sport is not you know there is not much money and it's very hard to organize a big event like this to invite the best at least really if you you know i don't consider my event the best because of overall the, that is up to people to judge i cannot judge my own you know event but i consider it the highest because of the highest level we always have the the best athletes and the highest level because i actually know the game and i'm inviting only the best ones you know because this is like top level competition so i it's more like also for motivating the game you know so every year we are trying to get the strongest so they raise the bar and we are giving example that even such high numbers could be done in strict form that's why i created a raw lifting form dead stops you know and all these things But problem is that it's very hard to organize. You know, I, I don't have so much, so big team. It's a raw workout team, some volunteers, and most of the stuff I'm just paying from our budget. You know, we don't have big sponsors like who would raise for you like 10,000 euros or something like that. So yeah, it's very dependent on our passion and <laughs> basically on our options, you know, what options we have. And for example, now I have family, you know, I have many things to do. And every year it's quite honestly, it's harder and harder. So 
that's why I keep looking for people who would be same enthusiasts like me and who would like to see this sport growing because that's the only reason why I'm doing this. You know, I want to grow the sport. I do it for the sport. I don't do this for myself. I organize it every year since 2012. It, it wasn't Czech Warrior Workout Battle in those times, but it, was, it were the first battles from 2012, 13, 14, 15. In 15, we started Czech Warrior Workout Battle. I even organized freestyle competitions back then. And I always did it in my free time for my money because I wanted to grow the sport. I wanted to show it to people and make a video from these events and buy these videos to motivate people, inspire them. And to just, I love this sport, you know. For me, it's, it's the movement that changed my life. It gave me basically everything that I have now. It gave me even my family because I met my wife on in Kiev in Ukraine on a Ukrainian championship in 2016, you know. And now I have two kids with her. We are a happy family. And basically all these things, you know, even like business. I don't have business primarily connected with workout. But of course, because of workout, more people knows me. And it also helps my businesses. So basically everything I have, I owe to workout. And that's why I keep like, because inside I know it, I keep investing into it from my own budget just to see it growing and to develop it. Because I just like it. You know, like my family and other people, they keep telling me, why are you doing this? You, are, you know, you are just losing so much money. Like last year, I paid like minimum 6,000 euro from my own pocket, you know, for Czech Way to Work Out Well. And people are like, what the fuck? That's not possible. No, you, you are lying. Like sponsors gave you that or something like And they don't believe me, but it's actually like, you know, the, the circle of people who are around me and really helped me to organize that event. They know it's true. So, yeah, I just keep doing it because I love it. And I think if I finish, if I stopped, it's like I don't say that there will not appear somebody who will do it also because it, it would. If, if I disappear, some, someone else will come and do it also very good, I think. But I just want to be here, you know, and see the game growing and help it to develop. And I don't want anything back from it I, I don't expect anybody to love me for that or praise me i just don't care i just want to see it growing and i always wanted to see complex workout you know and when guys did uh, back then like street lifting and weighted calisthenics and it started with ukrainian rules of 32 kg pull-ups 48 kg dips you know and things like this there were always many problems like some people started to bitching on them oh but they don't train legs then there were people who started to bitching on the form, you know. And I seen all these fires and all these fights among people. And that's why I tried to create some rules that would actually connect them. Because if you, have, if you make rules as hard as possible, it may be offending to many, but it's fair. And it's the same, same rules for everybody, right? So who can bitch out? And, and by adding legs to the competitions because I was the first who added legs into the street workout competitions in 2013. And by adding legs, we make it complex, more like row workout because if you are familiar with my philosophy, row workout is like calisthenics and weighted calisthenics with mm, leg training added. You know, so on one side for freestyle, for example, is not important. Actually, it's a burden. Don't train legs because it will make you heavier and it will fuck up your performance. But for the reps, when I saw guys hanging on them big weights, you know, even myself, and I was like, okay, but you don't have these big weights like in the streets, right? You go to the gym to get them. And if you are in the gym and you can pull up heavy, deep heavy, why don't you squat heavy? 
because then collecting half of your body. So that all these like ideas, I can talk here two more hours, but to make a long story short, all these ideas brought me to to the point where I created Chegwayed Workout Battle uh, to make a complex, strict competition that would be also complex and training not just upper body but also lower body and with the strict rules and movement that would actually connect people and not make them fight you know because i don't like these fights as i said i did it before there were a lot of bitching but actually i think it was a mistake and all i want to see now is just a friendship i want to see people stop fighting and just be as a one family in this calisthenics you know whatever it is you know if you do freestyle or you do weighted, whatever it is, I want to see friendship and brotherhood. That's the most important for me. And when we organize Chegwayu Workout Battle, it's always so crazy good atmosphere, man. Actually, I was invited you last yeah. year, but you didn't make it. But if you will make it one day, it's really beautiful, you know. And that's the reason why I do it, and that's the purpose of this event. But as I said, with family, it's harder and harder every year. And I hope I will be able, I will be able to manage and to keep doing it because it's very hard to know. That's why I'm, I'm all the time looking for sponsors, even the smaller ones, you know, who can raise at least something to cover expenses because there are so many expenses. People who don't, who never organize something, they cannot even imagine. It's not just the work that you put in so many hours and hours and preparation of everything is not the work and time of the volunteers who are actually also doing it for free, you know. There is a team of people who just come from other cities and they help you all day on the event. And they don't want anything as a reward. And this is just a small part. Then you have all the other things like prizes, you know. And it's, it's just crazy. So, yeah. I love it, but it's very hard to do. And I so, hope that there will, there, there will appear more people who are like enthusiasts, real enthusiasts like me, and who will want to support the sport. Because I think right now this sport is dependent on such people, you know. I, I don't know like about freestyle game. To be honest, I stopped being part of it a few years ago and watching it. And I'm not even in contact with Maris and others anymore. So I don't know how it's there. Probably they already build up a pretty good uh, budget and group of sponsors and people who are uh, like in this, you know, and helping them, but in the way it is really fucking hard, man. Because it's not impo uh, it's not interesting to watch, you know. You don't go to events to watch a guy do 20 pull-ups with some weight <laughs> or to dip some big weights, you know. It's not interesting to see, so it's harder to get uh, support and sponsors because it's basically a strict sport. It's like powerlifting, you know. It's like powerlifting only from the calisthenics. But, but we will see what time shows. That's true. Like, but what is the reason for you that weighted calisthenics is still growing? Like, uh, why are people still doing this and going to competitions and participating and inviting more people? Well, what's the reason why it's growing? You ask. Yeah, like, like, why do you say like, um, why? For example, if it would be more easy to do a freestyle competition. Uh, for you to get sponsors to, to because it's nicer to watch to get more people to go come there to sell tickets etc like why do you take the, well, the, the road to yeah. wait it yeah actually at the beginning of every check waiter workout battle like the static op opening show it's always from a 
freestyle, you know? I'm inviting guests and they make a show for, for people to come and then we start with the competition. It's very nice start, very nice beginning because it brings attention. And I try to pick the guys who do like the strength freestyle, you know, more more of the strength movements, the hardcore stuff like one arm planche, one arm planche push-ups, you know, handstand push-up 90 degrees, Maltese and this thing. Uh, so yeah, I, I try to keep it like <laughs> there, you know, it's not the competition, but at least the show. I try to keep it there, but the reason why like weighted calisthenics remains interesting to rather people to watch or organizers like me or the competitors themselves to answer your question. I think the reason is simply because it's a new sport, you know, and many people want to self-realize themselves in something, you know, and this is a great chance to self-realize yourself in something. And it's very, very interesting sport, you know, because we had the deadlifts here before bench presses, you know, powerlifting, weightlifting, even like professional calisthenics, which is uh, gymnastics on the rings, you know, for example. We had it before, but there were never before things like big pull-up with big weight, you know, or muscle-up with big weight. It's, it's a very, it's a brand new sport, very interesting, you know, and very fast growing. So a lot of people, it just gets their attention and they want to try it or they want to self-realize themselves in it. You know, and uh, it's just interesting because it's new. It keeps growing fast. For people like me, it's that I already answered. It's interesting to be here and keep growing it and helping it because I just love it. And for people who are watching it, I think it's interesting because they get inspiration and motivation from it. You know, because when you when you like to train calisthenics but you don't want to compete, you don't want to be professional, but you still like to come to place such as professional competition to watch watch the highest level, you know, to watch the guys who are like heroes, like superstars in this. So that's probably the reasons, but I don't know. To be, to, to, to be honest, there may be many other reasons and we don't even know actually if it's growing. Who knows? Maybe it's not growing anymore. Maybe it's just doing the people who loves that, who have that fire in them for it. And that's just a small group of people. Because, you know, when I imagine our battles and competitions and even the other competitions that I didn't organize, but I, I was there as a judge or just to watch, it's always like a not so big circle of people, you know. <laughs> uh, for example, in the Vienna, right? Like the most of the people were the people who competed and who live lived it, you know, they love it. But if it's really growing, who knows? Because to be honest, I think we had more people on Czech Weighted Workout Battle 2016 than we had on the last year. Wow. So who knows <laughs> if it's growing? That we will see in a few more years, you know. Yeah. It's too early to say. But I think it's definitely growing as a sport, as a level of it. It's fucking crazy. Like if you watch videos and results from three years ago and now it's like level was here and now it's here. Yeah. You know, it's really crazy. Unfortunately, I have some personal opinions about this, why it's happening. I think uh, there are also like drugs appearing and doping in the sport. 
But that's for other topic. And I think this is a very big topic and it will be even worse in the future. Because as I said, every sport has this fate. Every sport. And who wants to deny it is stupid, is idiot, you know. Because every sport will bring attention of drugs. Every sport. It's just that our sport is too young, you know. It, it, it just started a few years ago. It's like a blink of eye, you know. And we, we saw it like growing and developing so fast. And every sport, when it starts, is low level, basically. At that time, everything, everybody thinks is high level. But as years goes, you know, just look on the powerlifting results like 30 years ago. And now it's crazy, man. You wouldn't believe. Like the champions 20, 30 years ago would be average today. You know, and I think it will be the same with uh, weighted cutters, and of course it will be also because of uh, not just the mentality and the level going higher, but because of the doping and and drugs in the sport. And we cannot change this actually, by my opinion. You know, you know there are many people who who keep telling me like, yeah, but when this starts and drugs will appear, what will you do? Like, you know. Will you start doing some doping tests or will you start, you know, whatever? And I'm just saying, do you think that other professional sports and Olympic Games and whatever in this world, like, uh, do you think it's natural? <laughs> do you think they are solving something with those tests? You know, you will never solve it because it's the part of the sport and athletes will do whatever they can and whatever they will find in order to raise the level. And they result, you know. And I think that uh, actually we were just on the beginning. That's why we couldn't see it. But now as years will go, we will see drastic improvement and massive, massive improvement of, of the results and records. And it will be, by my humble opinion, mostly by drugs coming into our sport. That's what I think. Like, how do you feel when you watch your old YouTube videos from, I don't know, like when where they recorded 2012, 13, 14, something around there? Like, you had, like, you your performances for me as a, as a beginner in calisthenics, it was insane. Like, I watched and I saw, thought, that's not possible. Yeah. Like, this is insane. Like, how do yeah, you feel? Man. Well, to be honest, to be honest, uh, actually, I was pretty often accused of being on the drugs before. You know, because I was like a star. My There was a certain time, certain period of time in the history of this game uh, when I was at the top, you know. And always when someone is at the top, he gets the hate, you know, and he gets accused. But as the time went, you know, there were even people who came back to me and said, oh, sorry. Now I see that you was natural because now this guy is too strong yeah. and this guy is now, you know, using something. Wow, and okay. I think this is, this is just funny because it's always like that. They will always point out to the best guy because he did something special, you know, he did something interesting. And the funniest thing is that there may be actually really like a genetic, really like freaks who can do natural, incredible results. And then there can be people who are naturally weak. And even if they use something, they will not be as strong, you know? That's, that's the funniest thing. But I think at the top level, in the pro, if you see really something very, 
far, very distant from everybody else, you know. You are like 95% that the guy is using something, you know. For example, all the old school, look at the all the old school, like all old school guys trained like more than 10 years, some of them even 15, 20 years. There are people in Ukraine like Vitaly Shovkopeas, you know, the godfathers, and people, they trained hard, you know, everything, did everything what they could. And they came to certain numbers and then stopped, you know. And it was actually the same with me and with many others. And then you have guys who appear and after a few years, they break it, you know, easily, easily. And by tens of kilos, not just by few, you know. And this is what I said. By my humble opinion, I think it's drugs in our sport. But as I said, this is a big topic. I don't, I don't want to go too deep into it. And all I want to say is that I think it's it's okay, you know, because nobody can stop this. You cannot stop it. It's like every sport. Every sport is developing, and athletes will do whatever they can. But to answer your question, when I see my old videos, you know, the problem is that people see my videos, but they don't see the history, you know. For example, if you see results from 2013, I was already training like, you know, it's crazy, like nine years. <laughs> Wow. And it's not nine years that you are doing something from time to time, you know. It's fucking three times a week. I never missed the workout, you know. I lived it. Actually, all my school from 2005 to 2009, I trained all those four years in a row without injury, without any break. I did everything I could. Actually, uh, in my 15 years, I was like 62 kg. And I gained 30 kg of muscles until I finished the school in those four years. What? It was very hard. It was very hard work, man. I did everything. The diet was strict. I was already cooking for myself, you know. And wow. that was just the period from 2005 into 2009. And then people see video from 2013. And in those times, they came, came to me and said, oh, you are on steroids and something. But actually, this is a pretty fucking history of hard training, you know. And to be honest, when I, to answer finally, when I see it, you know, I'm like, I never actually impressed myself by my results, to be honest. Never, you know. It's like many people impressed me with their results, but I never impressed myself. Never. That's, that's also maybe why I kept growing all the time, all those years. And even now I'm trying to improve, even though I know that there are now like, you know, the champions and the new school and young guys you know, uh, who has really epic level. But I still don't give up. I like, I focus on my results and I try to improve all the fucking time. And that's probably the reason behind this is that I'm really not impressed with what I did. And many people <laughs> got their motivation, inspiration from my videos for years. And actually they keep messaging me until now. Not until now, it's a lot of followers and fans, man. I'm really... I really appreciate it. I'm glad for all these people. And I'm glad that I could motivate them. But to be honest, I'm still not impressed by what I did. <laughs> wow. And I hope that one day I can impress myself. Because, you know, it's like every year, everything is changing, you know. So, for example, when I had certain history, then one year I found out that I can get better in this or that and that. It's like a new challenges all the time, you know, all the time you can do something. That's why I love calisthenics and weighted calisthenics because you can basically infinitely imp keep improving. If you don't injure, 
which unfortunately I did because I was dumb and I didn't train properly. And I did a lot of things, not just for myself, but also for the people, you know, the camps, and competitions, events, opening of the parks and things like this, shows, you know, and I unfortunately injured. But if you don't injure and if you are smart, you can basically infinitely keep improving. And there are basically only limits of your genetics and of your body composition. But even if you get in one movement to some higher level, then you can pick other movement and keep keep uh, improving in that, you know. And because I created raw workout, basically I can do something every single day. Because I train all body, I train legs, heart, I train upper body, I train elements, hand balancing, handstands, handstand push-ups. And basically my main purpose is fun, you know. So I can train and just have fun with it. You know, the mentality today is different. They don't train like we did. They train like today is rather world record or nothing, you know. Mm. And that's what I don't like about mentality today. The young guys, they are like, you know, also Instagram ruined, ruined this fucking game, by my opinion, because Instagram also did its job in a bad way on this. Because people are like, they pick few movements and they want to be the best in them, you know. And to put it on the Instagram and to put the videos and to say, to be able to state, I am the best in this. I'm the better than that guy in this, or I have the record in this. And this is bad mentality, you know. Back then, we just trained because it was fun. We wanted to be stronger and improve. Back then, we did everything. And that's what I keep until now. And that's why I think I can keep going, you know. Because if I wouldn't be training like this, I would probably finish. And actually, there are many people from old school who finished with the families you know, and jobs and other things to do, they just finish also because the game changed and they just cannot keep up with the level and, you know, other things and the records. But I think if you really train just because you love it, you can, you cannot finish. It's like, I never finish. I will do this until I die. <laughs> I don't care about records, you know. So yeah, this is probably also the reason why when I look on my old videos, it's like, I'm not impressed. But I'm glad. I'm very glad for all this history, for, for, for all this that I've done. And I'm glad that it motivated at least someone. Because I didn't plan anything glorious with it, you know. I just put up my, you know, I just put up my training online for others to watch. <laughs> That's basically it. So, yeah, I have a very big humility in myself and I'm glad that it helped. But I'm not yet impressed. And I hope that I can one day impress myself by my results this is crazy this is absolutely like it's insane to to listen to because it's really <laughs> like yeah you're really one of the persons like what you do for the sports nowadays with uh, the check workout weighted workout battle also like in in the past like uh, i still remember like uh, watching your videos when i started with calisthenics like 2012 or something And it was like, wow, that's like just insane. And then the FIBO, I guess it was 2014, uh, where you were also were at the FIBO and you were like uh, yeah. with Hannibal and like with Frank Medrano. And like, I was like, I got their, their signatures on the, on the, on the, on a shirt. And I think I was the only, like from this day on, I never saw somebody like getting signatures from calisthenics uh, athletes, but I was like, I have to get the signature. And like, I was so, <laughs> yeah. so disappointed. Adam was. Adam wasn't there anymore like I thought oh no I, I need his signature like he's the person like he he he's just yeah I, man, man I remember it but actually I was 
I was like, on all FIBOs and any events, even I was shocked, you know. I didn't expect that people will start coming to me, you know, but, but that's it, you know. It's like, I can say that I was at the right time on the right place, you know, because my videos really flew around the world because it was the boom of workout from 2012 to 14, 15. And in those times, I brought up complex videos where I wasn't just a skinny guy who's not, like, interesting to others, you know. I had some physique. I don't say that it was, like, perfect, but I had some physique and people just liked it. So it was, like, really, honestly, I was just lucky, you know. If it would be any other guy who, who looks good and can do some movements, like I did already, I did handstand push-ups, plunge push-ups, you know, front lever and weighted calisthenics and some squats and these things. And that's why it flew around the world. So I'm very glad. I have really big unity for this. I'm really glad that I was there and I could inspire people because I think any other guy who would be there at that moment, at that place, he would do the same. You know? It was just... I was one of those pioneers on the YouTube and that's basically what brings attention of people and then they came for signatures. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was shocked. shocked. Actually, I was in Germany one day. I can tell you a very short, his, very short story. Because my ex-girlfriend uh, with whom I was five years, she was from Germany, so I was traveling to Germany often. I even competed at Stutt Stuttgart Championship yeah. Germanish championship, you know, I was on the FIBOs, free FIBOs, and many other, you know, events there in those times with Dennis and Baristi, you know, the old school. Yes. And uh, actually, I was in a very small village <laughs> one time. <laughs> it was called Wachstetten, you know, and I was just buying something in the store, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I would, it was like end of the world, very small village, very small village. I would never expect that somebody will recognize me there, you know. And I was buying something in the store. I don't know what store it was, you know. But I was buying some food. And then when I came out from the store, there were two guys waiting for me in front of the store. And they said, oh, you are Adam Rock, and I have a photo with you, and will you give me signature? And I was, like, totally shocked, man. I was shocked. I really didn't expect this. And this was really in those years, it was happening all the time and all the time. So, yeah, as I said, I, I was shocked in those times myself. And I think really, like, reason for this was that I, I, I was on the YouTube, you know, very, very, like, famous videos. You know, my old videos has, like, 4 million views. So that's probably the reason. And also the name, you know. I think that the name is easy to remember, you know. It's like Adam Rowe. It's very easy to remember. And I, I, I like a lot of for a long time. I didn't, I didn't believe that you, it's really your name because it's like it sounds like <laughs> a YouTube name. It sounds like the the YouTube yeah. star name, but it's it's your name. Like, yeah, it's my name. It's in my ID card. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, but the thing that distances you from other people, I guess, is the consistency. You're still here. You're still like organizing events. You're still um, like doing stuff like this interview, even though you have like a lot of stuff to do with uh, your children, with uh, mm -hmm. your your business. Like uh, because I know that you're doing everything on your own and uh, like uh, hustling a lot. So yeah, um, consistency. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, bro. As I said, this is because I just love it. You know, I will do it until I die. Yeah. You know, there are many people, especially now when it's Instagram era and sponsors era, and some people tries to make it their living, you know, and things like this. And there are many guys who just do it because it's cool. It's a boom for some period of time, you know, like in back in the day, there were guys who started, they bring up some record or did something cool and then they disappeared. Yeah. Or guys who won some championship, you know, who won some freestyle championship, even Moscow, you know, look at the champions, history of champions in the Moscow. Few of them just appeared one year, one, and then they disappeared. And we never heard about them anymore. So, you know, some people basically do it because it's cool for some short period of time, maybe when they were at the school, you know, where, where they lived with the parents or something, and then their life simply changes, moved to other directions, they have other things to do, and they finish, you know. But for me, this is really like, I love it. <laughs> I, I cannot just disappear. It's, yeah. You know, even now, I don't upload many videos. It's a very, very I would say, passive channel my youtube channel still from time to time i try to upload something epic or just a video from our events just to keep it alive and i will probably do this as i said until i fucking die <laughs> because <laughs> i love it you know i just love it and uh, because i in my opinion the uh, the difference is that you do it because you love the journey you love like doing it every day exactly. and the people exactly. they want the goal they want to be on on the they want to hold the trophy once or they want to have this one viral video where they break the record but they don't love the tr every training they don't don't love the lifestyle mm -hmm. of it but you like something yeah many yes exactly you are right many people have a particular goal and i don't say that it's bad to have a goal it's actually very good and also if you want to progress or something but the problem is what you will do when you when you reach that goal yeah because it will if it wasn't about the destination you know or how to say if it was just about the destination then you are finished you know and the ego is like that that if you reach something you want more reach something you want more that's ego that's egoist thing you know that's what usually people do when they hit some record, they just want more, you know? But when you just don't care about this, you just train, and as you train, you have results, and if they are good enough, you just go to some competition and things like that. That's exactly how I had it. Actually, I never, people are like amazed when they ask me if I ever trained by some training program. You know, usually people are asking me why I don't sell training programs. Yeah. <laughs> and my answer is, I never had one. <laughs> I never trained by any program. I never was planning my trainings actually properly. You know, sometimes I was like thinking, yeah, I will do eight sets of three or something, but it wasn't a plan. You know, the other day I just felt to do handstands, so I did handstands, you know, and the athletes now they have particular goal and they are just going for it. They pick one, two or three movements. They make a shadow, they program it for a few months and they just stick to the plan. And I don't say it's bad. It's actually good for the particular goal. But it's not about a journey, you know. It's uh, it's very different kind of training than we did back in the day or that I do even today. I just train by feeling. I do it because I love it. And I don't care about some trophy or competition. And anyway, I'm too old <laughs> to, to be able to compete with the new school now, you know. And especially with my kind of training philosophy, I even cannot do it. Because, you know, I'm a little bit fucked up because I cannot, I found out that I cannot focus or specialize for one thing. 
you know and if you really want to be the best you need to specialize it's an absolute must you need to pick the movement and do everything to improve it and i tried it actually a few times to be honest i tried it there was periods of time that i simply skipped legs and tried to do something for example when i wanted to get my full plunge you know mm -hmm. I simply find out one day, okay, if you want to really prove yourself that you can do it, maybe this back squat with 200 kg is really not helping you, you know, <laughs> or this heavy pistol squat. And there were periods of times that I really like skipped everything and focused only on the one move. Or I, there was a particular time that I focused on the dip uh, with the uh, endurance reps, you know. I, I never focused actually on the dip with a big weight, for example, like 140, 150 that I did. I, I didn't focused on it but i focused on doing like i wanted to do 40 reps with 50 kg for example and there was a period of time that i focused on it a few months you know but after a few months i was like here you know i was like i cannot do it you know i feel inside that it's not me like adam roll trains everything i cannot fucking be here three times a week dipping or three times a week hitting planche it just wasn't here you know and i think that's also very important i think that's Many of us have a certain destiny and a certain personality, you know, and we have we are individuals and characters. And really my individuality is the rover car complex training. So that's why I keep doing my stuff. And really there are days like I train heavy leg session and I'm destroyed for two weeks. Two weeks I cannot nearly walk, you know. Wow. But in those two weeks I have a handstand session, I have a in the park element session, then I have one pushing, heavy pushing day, one heavy pulling day, and all these things. You know? And that's what probably keeps me going all the time. Because with this style of training, you will never hit records or something, particular goals. You know, you have all the time something to do. You can keep improving forever. So that's probably also the reason why I still am here and keep pushing because I probably will never as I said, impress myself and as I said, reach the goals that my kind of personality would like because, you know, my goals are like impossible. I would like to have a top uh, squat, top pistol squats, hold a full planche, do handstand push-ups, 90 degrees, pull up with 110, 120, <laughs> you know, all these things, all these things. I love everything. I even love muscle-ups with weight, although I don't train them on the bar too much because of my injury. Mm. I had a bicep rupture and that's why I like more the rings because I can shorten the range of motion and not feel the bicep so much. But I, I even do ring muscle up with weight and everything. I love it, man. And I found out that I really cannot specialize and focus on something. I'm just like that. And uh, that's probably also the reason why there was created a, but not not big but like very small circle of people around me who likes this kind of training and they keep following me really like for years man i have i'm shocked you know i have like people who keep following me like 10 years i had a actually i had a guy who was following me really like nine or ten years and he even was sending uh sponsorships for our events to support them and things like this so yeah, that's probably my place where I should be and that's what I'm trying to. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I would like to get to the to the to your injury because of uh, the, the biceps injury. Like uh, what yeah. is something yeah you can see this bicep is healthy. Yeah. And this bicep you can 
just from the sea you can see it's different and it was here maybe you can see the scar yeah, yeah. i had a full distal tendon rupture so my bicep was like here and i had surgery a few days or one week after no actually it was fucked up actually it was 10 days or two weeks after and they put the put the muscle put the tendon back on the bone here and i have a two screws and the string in my hand actually that will be there forever or until the time that i will decide to have another surgery and to put it out okay so this, this was my biggest injury yeah And what did you learn from it? Because I like uh, I remember you talking about it, uh, like with the weight, etc. Like it has it had to do some some stuff with with your weight also and with your moves that you did. Um, yeah, you know, you know, actually, this kind of injury I already seen like eight or ten times after me, and it was on very similar movements. It's always in the in the supination from the back lever. Or from the Hephaestus, when you go from Hephaestus down into back lever, you know. Mm -hmm. And these kind of movements are very risky, you know. And especially if you have a high body weight and a long arms, that means you are tall. And I'm 186 centimeters, you know. So that's not a short guy. Mm -hmm. And at the moment when I got that injury, I was 92 or 94 kg. And... What I learned from that injury is basically to never go from this position into straight arm and do supination. Mm -hmm. You know, like supination. Yeah. Always keep hand like this. So, for example, even if you have a back fever, if I can show you like this, mm -hmm. always hold like this, never hold like this. Mm -hmm. Because when you do movement like this, this supination, you are just offering your bicep to get ruptured, you know. And it's actually the same with planche and Maltese. If guys are doing planche and holding like this and having very wide, you know, Maltese, very wide grip, mm. then they are offering it to be ruptured. But if they put this grip, you know, and go very wide, mm. it's not so hard on the tendon. So basically what I get from that and what I keep advising people is don't do this grip, you know, this, um, this underhand grip. Don't do supination and don't go wide. If you go wide, always have this grip, you know, because it's simply you are limiting, like the, the risk of injury is 90% lower. And even lately, some guy from Russia, if you know his name, Koftun or something, he ruptured his bicep very yeah. same way as I did. And it was also only because of this grip. If he holded the Maltese like this, it wouldn't happen. But he hold it like this and wide. You know, it's really very high risk of injury. And I did it on the rings when I went from front lever to back lever. And I went from front lever to very wide back lever and I ruptured it. So it's basically the same. And also in history, it was like Voskan and other people at FIBO. They did the same shit. They went from Hephaestus into this back lever. Boom, you got it. So really to... What I took from it and how would I advise um, all the athletes, doesn't matter if you are weighted or freestyle, whatever, don't do it with this grip. Or really, it's very, very risky. And unless you are like very skinny guy up to like 70 kg and you have very strong tendons and really are warmed up properly, 
then don't do it, you know, because it's very risky movement. I, I really hate to just watch it. When I see someone <laughs> do it, I cannot even watch. And since you told me that, like, explained it to me, I can't even watch it as, as well. Like, I have the same phobia now yeah. because of you, because yeah. I always imagine, like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it can, man, really, really, like, it can happen anytime. You have, like, if you do it, you have, like, 50%. Anytime you do it, you have 50% that you will rupture. Of course, it's dependent on how you are overtrained, if you have some micro tears, if you warmed up properly. For example, Eric Ortiz or guys like him, they will probably never, ever injure, you know, on this because he is just tendon built, you know. He doesn't have many muscles and big weight that would just make the pressure so big on the tendon that he will rupture. But if you have some more weight and you are taller, you have longer hands and you do this, it's just 50-50 by my opinion. So that's why if I am still doing... And I'm not. I'm just doing elements for myself in the park, you know. And as a part of uh, basic routine, like the statics, free, uh, front levers and stuff. But if I'm doing it still, like on the shows, competitions, whatever, I just wouldn't do this movement, like, never again. Never again. Never the the chin-up grip, supination, and going white. It's just yeah. free rules not to do, you know. And I know so many people who rapture, even my old friend, Little Beeston, Metin Dabak, you know. Yeah. He did, he did a planche on the ground with this grip, you know. If he went at least like this or in the front, it wouldn't happen. But he'd take like this and boom, bicep rupture. And it's actually a very bad injury because you must do the operation. Like surgery is the must. If you don't do surgery, hand is fucked up. Like my, mm, you know, the doctor who did my surgery, he told me that if I... If I wouldn't do it, my hand would be like forever 40% lower strength and function. Forever. The whole arm. Yeah, the whole okay. arm. Okay. So yeah, it, even after surgery, I can see that I'm like minimum 20% weaker. It's already been six years since my injury. And I'm still like minimal, minimum, minimum, it's 20% weaker, really. Even when I take... Uh, For a bicep curl, you know, big, big weight, and I bicep curl, it's like 70% of the weight I'm curling with, with this strong arm, you know, and just a 30 with this one. It's really crazy, man. It's like, it's been six years. I was thinking like back in the day, I was, I was thinking, oh yeah, in few years I will be good. But it's never the same, you know, because actually the tendon is there with the strings and, and screws. And it's it's just not a it's just not a living material, you know. <laughs> it's fucked up. You have something there, and it was reattached, and it's it's just you know it's fucked up. The flexibility of the tendon, the mobility of the whole arm, is just so yeah. Really be careful, guys, because this uh, became a very common injury in our sport, and I think it's. Not necessary. It's actually very easy to prevent that. Just don't use those grips. Don't go wide and don't do supination. That's it. Okay. Like, uh, do you have a habit or something that you do every day that you would recommend everybody doing? Like, uh, because I know that you're a lot into like nutrition. You're a lot into like uh, developing your body in a healthy way. Uh, so, is there anything that you would recommend everybody to do every day? 
Well, you know, there are many things, of course, but I think that uh, this is really a person dependent. Everybody is built for something else. You know, I have a lot of things in my discipline that I keep following and doing because they work for me, but they may not work for other people, you know? Okay. So my advice would be more like general things, you know, keep your diet clean, try to sleep well, don't overtrain, you know, and these things. Because like the particular, I can call them rituals and things that I love, I found out that there are many people whom I advised it, but it didn't work for them. For example, I love uh, cold water, you know, ice therapy. I'm going to nature and I'm having like, I lay in the river that goes from the mountains and I'm there a few minutes, you know, or I do ice showers, you know, like before every training, I have hot shower that warms me up and then I have cold shower and it literally stimulates me for the workout, you know, and it helps me. But I have people who told me that it don't work for them. And then I have, of course, many people who said, oh yeah, that's really, really good. So I do it many years now and thank you for inspiring me. But I also have many people who just don't like it, you know. So, yeah, there are things that I do and follow. For example, this cold therapy. Then I follow, uh, like, training by feeding, you know. I don't plan my trainings. I actually just, you know, there can be a pretty average day that I'm tired from work, you know. I'm really, like, after being with kids, with my wife, after work, after traveling to other city and back in the car, being tired. But I'm sitting home after this all, and I start feeling that I want to train. I just take and I go. Because, you know, I have row workout room in Ostrava, in the other city. Uh, I also have here in my house, I have, you can see, I have bars, the bars, everything. Nice. And when I feel like training, I just go, you know. And there are people who cannot understand this, you know, because they have everything scheduled. They have a training program. It's Monday this, Wednesday this, Friday this, but I never had this. I, I never had a plan. Wow. I just train by feeling, you know. So this is also, as I said, this is thing that can work for some people, but totally wouldn't work for other. Or, for example, for people who really want to be champions, who have some strict training program that they need to follow because other, otherwise they wouldn't do the percentages and, you know, all these reps that they are planning to. And for them, it's not good. So, yeah, I have a few things like this, but nothing really as as special that I would advise it to everybody because it's all dependent on your goals. But in general, if you want to train very long, and I can advise this because I'm already training more than 16 years, really keep the diet clean, you know, make the training fun because if it will not be fun, if you have all these programs, it still needs to be fun. At least the fun needs to be on the day of competition to come there and win and feel good, <laughs> yeah. you know, but really try to make your training fun because it will not, if it will not be fun, you will get eventually bored and you will, you will lose dedication and eventually one day you will, you will finish. You will stop doing it because nobody can do few movements forever, right? Like look at the, some, some old school guys, you know, even guys like Vadim Olinik and people, there are actually many people like him who, who simply got bored with all these years. It's like, he's also training like 15, 20 years of calisthenics, you know, you can do pull-ups, 
you, you can do thousands, you know, kinds of pull-ups, but it's still the pull-up. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if it's typewriter, one arm, or weighted, or muscle, but it's still pull-up. And if you don't make it fun, you know, you will get bored. And for example, Vadim, right? He got bored and that's why he's doing CrossFit now and many other things just to keep himself interested and trying something new and make it fun. And this is actually what I respect, you know. I respect people who can keep going so many years, always try to find something new, always make it interesting, you know, always make it fun for themselves because by this style, you will make it journey. As we said before, it is a journey. It's about the journey, not the destination. And it will make you actually happy, you know, like me. <laughs> every, every fucking training, I'm like, nobody believes me, you know, but I'm doing it more than 16 years. But every time I'm looking forward to my training, you know, wow. I even know, I even know that I may come and do shit, you know, because it's actually, it's very hard to be motivated, to be honest, because always when I come to training, I usually know that I will not even come close to my old records or to some performance that I did and was impressive, more impressive back then. But still, you know, <laughs> I make up something in my, my head and I go hit it. For example, I go to training, for example, now, right? The last two and a half years, I did more strength endurance. And I put into my head that I want to do 25 pull-ups with 32 kg, you know? And I kept going to training every single time <laughs> and I tried to do 20 because I never did 20 before. And when I came to 20, I said, okay, let's do 21. And I came to 22, you know, and like this, I keep growing. And then I may completely change everything and said to myself, okay, now I want to do, like, for example, now I'm training for heavy pistol, you know. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that I'm training only for the pull-ups or only for the pistol. I'm always training the whole body. But I'm constantly trying to put up some challenge for myself, you know, to challenge myself because challenges makes it fun and it makes it interesting for you. And if you keep challenging yourself and keep creating this beast mode mindset, it's like, for me, it's working. It's interesting and it keeps me going. So yeah, this is also maybe something that can help someone. Just keep making up things, challenging yourself and make it fun for yourself because if you will not, you will eventually finish one day you will get bored oh okay i'm i'm curious what the the i don't know 60 years old adam will will do like uh how you will train back like yeah then. well <laughs> well i think i think that when i get old i will simply turn to pure calisthenics that's for sure i think i will not have this motivation to hang something on my belt you know yeah but i think that i will be if my health will be still holding together I think I will focus on the high reps, you know, like, I don't mean like ultra, ultra endurance or something like that, Just going to park, being there three hours and doing thousands of reps like do in the, in America. But, you know, because that's also cool. I respect that actually, but, but I never was like interested in it. It's like, it's too crazy <laughs> to be honest. But I think something like going for, for example, as many pull-ups as, as I have years, you know, like I will be 60, I will want to do 60 pull-ups, you know, or 120 push-ups, something like this. But I think and I believe that if I will be living, if I will be healthy enough to train, I will keep training until I die and I will always keep up making some new challenges. Because without challenges, you just cannot keep up. 
because you know I cannot even count how many pull-ups I did in my life. I did <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of pull-ups. There is no motivation in doing more pull-ups. You just need to constantly make up something new. Like there was a period of time I did more one-arm pull-ups. Then there was a period of time that I did more weighted calisthenics, right? Like 90 kg pull-ups and things like this. Then there was a period that I did with the 32 kg for reps. And maybe there will come a period that I will do like bodyweight muscle ups or bodyweight pull ups, you know, whatever. But you constantly need to make up new things and challenge yourself. And that's basically the key to keep up doing it. Because as I said, it's very easy. It's very easy to get bored, you know, even freestyle athletes. I know so many freestyle athletes who got bored, you know, because it's actually not so hard to learn all the movements. I mean, there are many like new dynamic moves and many combinations but when it comes to statics for example it's still the front lever the planche the handstand <laughs> you know some one arm pulls and that's it and you just make new combos combination but it's still the basis is the same and when you learn it when you master it you get bored when you win some trophies when you win some competitions you eventually get bored so that's why you need to constantly make up something new and keep challenging yourself and for example for me the challenge is not only the training itself, but also organizing the event, helping the other people, you know, to get their goals done and these things. And that's why I'm constantly like doing something and constantly being involved in that. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So we're coming closely to an end. Uh, I still have some, <laughs> some quick questions. Like we're already like, well, uh, <laughs> yeah man basically i think we can we can be here and talk like like five six hours and we wouldn't be finished yeah, because there's always a lot of things to talk about but yeah give it to me give me all your questions yes. what do you prefer pizza or burger when you do a cheat meal well if i if i would do it definitely burger okay some but, beef oh, burger with a lot of meat. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, what what is what is your favorite food? Oh, that's a hard one, man. Because I love food, you know, there are so many things. But from the like general point of view, from the basic meals, it would be something Chinese, probably some kind of rice, veggies, you know, and chicken or something like that. Yeah, yeah, probably something like that. Okay. Good. Also, I love uh, beef tartare, if you know uh, what it is. Yeah. It's, raw, it's a raw beef, raw egg. That's what I like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but from, from, the, from the very basic things that everybody knows, uh, for example, I like oats, you know. Mm -hmm. I like oats. Because I was grown on oats when I was a little kid, basically from, from the moment that my mother stopped uh, breastfeeding me. She was creating some kind of juice from oats, you know, like oat milk. And I basically grew up on that. And even though um, there are some downsides to eating oats, really when I when I smell oats or see them, I really I like I love oats. So yeah, for example, oats. And also yogurts, Greek yogurts, you know. I love this this kind of things. I was creating seven years in a row, I was creating my own rock fear like souring, you know, fermenting my milk. So things like this, it, it, it goes, everything goes back down to my genetics. 
I even did my genetic tests and I'm like Balkan, you know, from the south of Europe. There are my origins, like Greek, Sparta, Serbia, you know, and these countries. So basically it goes down to Mediterranean diet. So anything that's Mediterranean, I like, you know. <laughs> Crazy. I really respect like the way that you think about nutrition, um, like uh, because you're deep in, in the topic. Um, but this is really... Yeah, man, this This is a topic for another interview because if yeah, we go into this. I want to say because <laughs> this is fun because, uh, for example, in my country, actually, a lot of huge amount of people knows me more for the nutrition yes. than for workout. You know because I'm like uh, the shaman, right? No, I study I study human nutrition more than 15 years. I even plan to write my book. <laughs> so yeah, this is crazy. Actually, every day I'm trying to help people with nutrition and solving their health problems with people from 20 years to 70, even people who has like cancer, you know, and some crazy auto autoimmune problems in their life. So I'm trying to help them. Yeah, but that's a <laughs> for a whole whole other story and you know, for a whole other video. That's true, but yeah, but, something but, that but it's my topic and, and I like. I like it very much because we are what we eat and what we absorb. Yeah. So, yeah. For me, it's definitely 100% marked in my head. If I have any issue with uh, with uh, nutrition, it's it's you who I will ask. Like because uh, you <laughs> you told me some stories about the people that you help, about like your yeah. uh, reputation, how you are. Now hundreds, about. hundreds of yeah. people. Yeah, hundreds of people went under these arms. <laughs> 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 So you are welcome. And it's like... <laughs> nice. And uh, hopefully I, I don't have to, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, do you prefer dogs or cats? Oh, that's also a hard one. Man. Probably dogs. Probably dogs. Yeah. For example, my wife, she loves cats. She, she's constantly like asking me to buy a cat, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I like cats also. But if I have to choose one, I would choose dog for sure. Nice. Uh, what is the favorite location for you for holidays? Definitely somewhere south, by the sea, beach, sea, you know, warm weather, something like that. But uh, but if I had to choose something, for example, right now, I, I, <laughs> I would love to go to Ukraine. Because, you know, I love Ukraine. It's a mother country from my wife also. And really, I love that country, man. So beautiful country. And the, the capital city, Kiev, also the Hydro Park, you know, that's the park with, with the bars. The biggest, uh, I would say, is the biggest outdoor and the most epic outdoor park for training, whatever sport in the world. Oh. Yeah, so I really love, love Ukraine. So I would definitely go rather Ukraine or to somewhere just by the sea to chill, you know, on the beach. Nice. That's Sounds good. Go. And I think you deserve it with uh, two children. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfo unfortunately, this this situation with coronavirus yeah. left us all, you know, locked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but I hope this year it will happen. You know, they will open the borders and we will be able to travel because we definitely need a vacation this year with my family. So hopefully we'll do it. Nice. Um, do you have a favorite calisthenics athlete? <laughs> That's hard one, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
this is so crazy question that actually it's like I'm worried to answer it, you know, because if I tell you one, two, three names, I would like, you know, it's impossible because it would be like offending the other names that I would forgot, you know, because there are so many people, man, so many people who inspire me. As I said, I never impressed myself by my own feats, but there are many people who impressed me. But to be honest, like, if I have to pick few ones, I would pick the, the biggest names for me, the old schools, like uh, Lord Vidal, for sure, it would be Lord Vidal. My old friend, Metin Dabak, Little Beaston, with whom I basically started to go more wild into it. Then it would definitely be Ukrainian guys like Denis Minin, Vitaly Shovkopleas, Valentin Novikov, and these guys, you know, Sherbina, Kocherga, Kozer, <laughs> all these names. As I said, it's many names. And, you know, basically anybody who gives his best, you know, and who's training hard and who's having results and who's not egoist because I hate egoists, you know. Yeah. I hate people who are having this mindset of I'm the best, there is nobody better, I will beat you all, I come to all competitions and win. This is plain stupid because always appears someone stronger than you, you know. Yeah, and uh, one of the one of the latest new schools, I can say the big name is Andrei Smyth. It's the guy that I found in Russia yeah. <laughs> and actually it's the guy who as a 12 years old he founds my videos he tried he starts to train and get uh, get inspired to do more of calisthenics and workouts from my videos and right now he's fucking god <laughs> god amongst men you know and <laughs> it's just crazy mutant beast so that's probably from the new school and also the other guys and there are, as I said there are so many names so many names. I, I don't want to offend anybody yeah. just by forgetting to mention him. Yeah, but but definitely the the biggest names for me are the old schools because as old school inspired me to create what I created, and that inspired the new guys in the new school. I think that's the most important chain, you know. Yeah. So I need to give my I need to give my respect, all my respect to, to the guys who was here before me and who gave me the motivation. So that would be the old school, whole old school, you know, like Barbarians also, the Team Beast mode and Hannibal, Hannibal 14, these guys. Okay. Um, what was the best calisthenics event you've been at? Well, really the best one for me, was uh, Ukrainian Championship in 2016. And it wasn't just because I met my wife there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really was like the energy was, fuck, man, perfect. And, you know, this is very hard to say because I was in Astana 2014 in World Championship. And that was like, like anybody who would be there, he would say, that was the best ever. Man, it was like Olympic Games. It was totally, like, terrific. It wow. was astonishing. It was, like, mind-blowing, you know. It was a big, like, stadium. Stadium, you know. It was really huge. Fucking huge. I cannot even describe that. But really, if I have to pick one, I would pick Ukrainian Championship. Because the energy, you know, 
championship started at 8 a.m. and was until like 2 a.m. What? <laughs> you know, it finished like at uh, 11 p.m. But then we went, you know, to solve some other things on the hotel, waiting for the papers to give the trophies. And like the whole day was so crazy energy. I cannot describe it. It was a total community, brotherhood, you know, friendship, the energy. It was in the summer. That's also why it kept me so good memories because it was this warm, you know, when it started to go evening, it was this warm evening. Everybody there, you know, on the final, like, um, final freestyle shows it was like uh, people in the dark with their phones you know the, the lights from the yeah. phones it was <laughs> really incredible and it was like also like thousands of people or more there so it was really really very nice event. so that was probably the best one the second one would be astana and the third would be all feebles feebles were always very nice nice okay so um to end this episode i have the question how can people support you like uh because i know that uh you you are something who gives a lot and i think it's also like uh, important to to let people know how they can support you uh so what is some something that the, the how the people can support you back Well, quite honestly, in my life as a person, I have everything. I don't need nothing, you know. But if they want to support the movement, the sport, definitely what would help us is if they can find any kind of sponsorship from any anybody. People can sponsor by themselves. It can be something little, some prize money or some prizes, uh, you know, things, whatever for sportsmen, for athletes. Or they can find someone, some bigger company or sponsor who can sponsor our events. But everything comes down to the budget of our events. If I have to organize Czech Way Workout Battle every year, I'm trying to every year make it better. Every year bring the best athletes, you know, raise the bar. We were even planning, as I said, like a doping test, you know, last year. But it was really crazy hard to to organize that to plan that and if we want to pay it by ourselves it's like it's impossible man it's like for one athlete you pay like 500 700 euro for one athlete What? just about few substances like testosterone and other it's just fucking crazy it's impossible but in order to keep the the level of our event growing and being really the big one uh, i always try to to make it better and it's more expensive because uh, we are paying the travel to the best athletes, you know. We are trying to get better prizes. We even want to raise the prize money, but it was impossible in last years because I was glad that I organized it, everything. And if I even have to give money to athletes, it would be just too much. But really, everything comes down to supporting our events. Okay. So if you like this game, if you like to watch the level growing, If you like to be part of that, and now I mean weighted calisthenics because I'm the guy about weighted calisthenics here now. As I said, I love freestyle and everything about it. I love to come to the events and watch it, but I'm not the part of that in organization kind of way, you know, anymore, many years. So if you like this weighted calisthenics movement and the competitions that we do, just try to sponsor us. Like every year I am putting information on Facebook about Rover Couch, Aguero Cup Battle on my website. 
always I'm putting emails, I'm looking for sponsors, I'm putting it into YouTube videos everywhere. I'm, you know, when it's like, it's appro- when it's approaching, I'm always uh, trying to search for sponsors and asking if someone wants to support us. So if you want to, and you will see this, just answer us on the email and you can. And basically all the uh, support, help and money that, that you can provide will go to the events. Nothing goes to me because <laughs> I'm the guy who actually pays it from my own but, uh, own uh, pocket. So, yeah. Okay. It's not for me, it's for the event and for the sport. Nice. So we will put uh, all the contact info in the description. So like uh, your email address where you, people can uh, contact you, uh, your Instagram, your YouTube. And yeah. Uh, yeah, before you can end the episode, Adam, and say goodbye, I want to say thank you to everyone listening to this till the end because it's like one and a half. Yeah, it's very long. And, and basically we can, as I said, we can talk <laughs> yeah. more, more hours and... <laughs> It's very easy, you know. And I'm the guy who likes to talk, as you said. <laughs> so it's very easy with me. Yeah, but thank you very much for inviting me. I was happy, happy to do it. Let's do it whenever again, if you want. And yeah, I wish everybody to stay injury-free, to have progress. Thank everybody for your support. If you was my fan or follower in those years, thank you for that. And I really wish everybody just health and progress because that's most important. Don't injure yourself, guys, because you are looking at the guy who had a massive injury here. I ruptured both of my pectorals, actually. Not many people know that, but you can see the hole. <laughs> here is one, here is second. <laughs> and I had many issues, and it was really, everything comes down to overtraining and doing too many things. So don't overcombine too many things. And now I'm, I'm like um, speaking about not just your training, but doing things for others. For example, if you are on training with beginners or other peoples, or if you are making shows, don't combine it with your own trainings. Because I did all this. Imagine I was opening parks, organizing uh, events like competitions, organizing uh, workout camps, and still training hard my own trainings. And all these things just created a mess and I injured. If I only trained all those years, just trained for myself, did nothing for the game, Did no like shows, you know, no camps, no competition, nothing. Just train for myself. I believe 100% I would never injure. I would never injure. Actually, this injury came after two Seberi Volta camps. Each of the camps was a week or 10 days. And after that, I got uh, invited to open one park in one city, you know, to make an opening show, show people what is workout, show some freestyle. And on that freestyle, uh, I ruptured because I was overtrained from the camps and I couldn't just refuse and tell them, no, I'm overtrained from the camps. I cannot open your park. But I said, yes, I will come as always because I opened tens of parks and I came and I ruptured because of micro tears and overtraining. So yeah, guys, just don't do the same mistake. Focus more on yourself or if you focus on other people, then focus on them, but don't combine it with too much of your own training and be smart because if you injure, nothing will ever be the same again. Remember this. Well, okay. So that's intense uh, to end, to end this episode. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope yeah, I, I had to make it epic for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we <laughs> can lay some epic music uh, underneath it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for your time, Adam, and uh, thanks everyone. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much. And see you soon. Peace. <laughs>